Good morning, my dear friends. Greetings in Jesus' name. This is the Church Talk podcast that we do once in three weeks. And this is a podcast which is going to bless you this morning because I am going to be interviewing Dr. John Joseph. He is the senior pastor of uh, the World Impact Community Church in Trivandrum and also the uh, president of Trotby Ministries. It's a ministry that uh, trains a lot of young ministers, young people uh, and disciples them in a deep manner. I've gotten to know uh, about this ministry and about the church for a long time, but this is the first time that I'm getting to meet Dr. John personally and i'm sure that this conversation is going to help you especially if you are a pastor a church planter a leader or if you plan to plant a fellowship or a church this conversation is definitely going to be a blessing to you pastor john welcome to this podcast thank you so much for agreeing to doing this uh, this last one week with you here in uh, south africa has been a great learning experience for me and and to just uh, uh, receive from the wisdom that you carry and the experience that God has uh, given you the grace to you know have over this last few years and teach out of that experience it's been amazing so uh, we have a lot of young church planters that listen to our podcast and I thought this will be a, uh, a very helpful thing for them to uh, receive from you know what what you're sharing what you've been what I've been personally uh, uh, learning from you uh, so just to begin with pastor thank you for agreeing to doing this welcome to this podcast uh, would you like to just say a word of hello to our listeners yeah hello everybody I'm excited to be here my name is Dr. John Joseph uh, from India and uh, it's been so wonderful to meet uh, Pastor Priji also and uh, look forward to uh, what we're going to do together here this morning. Yeah, and just uh, for a disclaimer, we are doing this in an airport, so there's going to be plenty of background uh, voices, people walking around, uh, the natural ambience of an airport you'd, you'd find on this podcast. And uh, uh, Pastor, just to begin with, um, what would be your uh, the biggest advice that you would give to uh, a church planter, you know, even before he starts a church, even before, if he has a vision for a church, um, what would be the first and foremost thing that, that uh, he should or should not do? Uh, because sometimes we can hurry and we can jump into uh, following someone else's, uh, you know, uh, example of planting or starting a church and we can we can hurry up into doing something. What would be your greatest advice to somebody who wants to plant a church, uh, you know, who's not yet planted a church but is just receiving from the Lord? What would you tell them? I would say um, the first thing is to see what is the motivation of wanting to plant a church. Uh, anybody planting a church, I tell them, you need at least to commit 20 years of your life to that vision. Uh, that's this for the long haul so this is not like running a small fellowship or starting something up because you got upset with somebody somewhere or or just because you heard something from the Lord and you always wanted to be a pastor to build a brand or any of that church takes time church takes people uh, you know effort emotions uh, commitment uh, a lot of these things so I would say first thing uh, is to really know whether you have a call on your life to be a pastor a lot of people come into the ministry either because they have a gift a gift and a call is very different because I can lead worship, uh, because I can sing, because I can play the guitar, I'm tempted to, uh, and there's nobody else to lead worship, hence I end up becoming the worship leader. And so if I can take a me one verse and I can preach a strong message and everybody all around uh, you know, enjoys my message, I think, hey, I can plant a church. 
So because I got a gift to preach doesn't mean I can really plant a church. To be a pastor is a grace. And it's to be a shepherd. It's taking care of people. It's loving people. It's uh, spending time with people. It's emotions. It's effort. It's all of that. So um, I would say firstly is to really ask the question, am I called to be a pastor? Secondly, did I hear from the Lord? Is there a voice of God in my heart? Because you're, you're, many times you'll be tempted and tested to leave the ministry. So is there a voice of God on your heart? Three, is this the location that God wants me to be? Uh, what location? Because uh, location really matters. Sometimes some graces operate best in certain locations. Uh, sometimes God sends you as a pioneering missionary to a place. Uh, so, so if you're going as a pioneering missionary, are you, are you willing to learn the language and uh, you know pay the price and and uh, put in the effort and all these things? Uh, if you're going to a new place, are you going to handle the food? Are you going to you know? I went as a missionary to North India once, and uh, and uh, for me the food was a challenge, and and the people around, the things around were a challenge. So you multiple challenges. So basically, count the cost. Secondly, I would say do a, a, a mission trip to the region. Go there, spend a few days there, see what the environment is like. Count the cost. Count the cost of what will it take to reach these people. Do I love these people? And you can never serve a people you don't love. So ask the Lord, Lord, give me love for these people so that I can serve them. Thirdly, have a clear vision. This is what we're here for. This is why this church exists. This is the community or the oikos or the people group we want to serve. And that's, that'll be probably the best group of people that you're able to serve. So have that. Uh, take time off in prayer and you hear from God and then from there you can uh, take it forward. I would say, you know, the, the easiest church planters are those who have, who have spent time with church planters uh, on the ground, have helped or served somebody on the ground. Many people have heard, served in worship or some have served in, uh, you know, helping a pastor. But that doesn't mean we have served in all aspects of the pastoral ministry. So because I've been a worship leader in a church, doesn't mean I know how to run a church. So if you really want to run a church, if you have the option to be raised and sent rather than just you rose up and went, you know, to be raised and sent. If you could have that option to do that, to be raised by a man of God, work with them closely in the ministry, get an option to be trained in the admin, in the accounts, in the pastoral, in different aspects of the ministry. So when you end up going to plant a church, you'll exactly know what a castle is, you'll know how things function. So you won't be taken by surprise. And I think that's really easier for somebody who's been on the ground with a pastor, served in different aspects along with the church. I, I completely agree to every word, Pastor. Uh, now, once you plant a church, you know the right place, you've heard from God, you, you're doing it with the right intention and the motive. Um, how, can, how can I put a process or a system in place in the beginning days when the people are less, the volunteers are not there, you don't have enough funds most times to hire people? Uh, how do you, how do you uh, stop yourself from getting burnt out in those seasons of life? I think uh, one of the first things any church planter should do is that uh, to understand that people don't come to the church service unless you have a huge product. Or, uh, and sometimes uh, different churches have different products. So you need to know what is your strength. For example, some churches, their product is their worship music. So everybody comes to them because they love the worship music. or they uh, Some people, the pastor's preaching is the main product they sell. Some other churches, which I think are quite healthy, the, the pastoral care they give people, they are there for the people. I mean, the people love the fact that, you know, their pastors are available. The care cell groups that are meeting, the fellowship they sense they have, a sense of belonging people have. So every church has its own flavor. So I think you need to know what is the strength God has given you. Stop trying to compare to somebody else and try to imitate that. 
Besides that, I, I think you need to learn to focus on certain factors. Firstly, if you're a new church planter, I would say you focus on having an extremely good church service. So if somebody would come to it, uh, uh, church service. Um, another thing you could focus on is a good children's ministry. And these are all things to begin with, a children's ministry, to have a good administration. Uh, a children's ministry, why when people would say, hey, you know, a lot of mothers may say, I'm glad, you know, my children have a place to go to and they can be taken care of. So these are some areas you may not be able to start on day one. But you, what you can start on day one is the worship, the Sunday service or the or whichever day you're meeting that particular service to plan an excellent service. How can the worship be excellent? How can the message be excellent? How can the pastor prepare through the week so that they'll be ready for the message? How the people coming in can in a crisp time get the maximum out of that particular service? Prepare like that. Then to avoid burnout is to try not to... Not to you know, deliver the, the butterfly out of the cocoon before its time. Let the butterfly take its time to grow. Uh, so we, we started off with visiting people, sharing the gospel to people. And then we, uh, I remember week after week, I was the one that did everything from setting up the sounds to leading worship to preaching to everything. I was the one that did it. Uh, my, my, my little baby daughter was our first usher. She was about, when I say usher, she collected the offering. We were four or five of us and um, she was four years old. And she collected the offering from the five of us. Uh, we just started there. But eventually, we started looking for uh, faithful, we, you know, uh, faithful, available, and teachable people. You know, uh, faithful, available, and teachable. And, if, and maybe they are not the best one when your organization becomes 100 or 300 or 500 or 3,000. But at this point, they are the faithful, available, and teachable. Give them responsibility and the power to do that responsibility. Maybe it is ushering, maybe it is give them responsibility and the power to do it. Um, so begin there. Most pastors end up doing everything themselves because in the early days there's nobody. Part of the reason there's nobody is also because many pastors who have not run an organization before do not know how to see talent or ability in some people. They're looking for Mr. and Mrs. Perfect to come along to fit that role. And I would say if you're looking for a pastor, go ahead and look for somebody who is really good and faithful. But if you're looking for a volunteer, looking for an usher, don't set the standard so high that uh, you know you can't use them for anything. In fact, they get begin to bond a lot more when you actually begin to use them uh, and they're there and you know they, they help with the vegetables to cut, the, put the sandwiches together. Uh, they help in small ways, they clean. Uh, I, I had my, some people just coming in and cleaning the church facility before uh, you know, before the, we were like at that time 10, 15 people, but they came week after week and cleaned. And so God will give those loyal people, but a pastor needs to have the grace to see it takes more than him to really run a church. Uh, that uh, And uh, usually it's a pastor's wife that helps with the worship or or pastor's wife that helps with, you know, other things like that. And then both of them get burnt out. But I think uh, churches should be run by recruiting volunteers. And as soon as pastors must keep their eyes open to see who can I get to volunteer and treat them like recruits and, uh, and specifically get them in specific areas. Don't bring them into vital areas. Bring them into specific areas of common service, like helping cleaning the facility, setting the sounds up, uh, maybe mixing the sounds, maybe ushering, maybe hospitality, maybe, you know, some of these things. Bring people accounts, maybe in administrations, things like little by little. As the church grows, more talented uh, talent will come in and you'll be able to. Uh, Jesus, remember, Jesus did not wait for people to come to him. He went to people and said, follow me. 
So you as a leader really need, as the church begins to grow, share the gospel, uh, go to people and say, would you come and help? I'd love for you to serve this. That's one. Another thing I did was we followed up on the people. Follow up is very important as a church. So I had this Excel form that I was to use and I'd have all the people are coming regularly in green and the once in a while are coming once in a while in yellow and the guys have stopped coming in red. And so I had different, so every week after week, uh, texts would go out, emails would go out, welcome cards would go out. And so initially I did everything, all of that, from the worship to the ashram, everything. But soon I begin to bring other people along, say, Can you, could you help me with this, could you help me with that? And maybe they don't have the whole week to be with you. I ask them, could you give me two hours in a week uh, on such and such a day? And I ask somebody else, could you give me two hours in a week on such and such a day? Until we begin to have two or three full-time people who, which we made department heads and started giving the responsibility to our departments. Wow, that, that's that's amazing. I, I I think that that much or doing that will take you almost for the first uh, ten years of your ministry. Uh, 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 ten years, uh, not ten years for sure. I think that will take you for like two years. Uh, if you know, if you're really driving it, it'll take you for two years. Uh, so, Pastor, on the way here, you were mentioning about how you, uh, what are the qualities you look for in the people that you would have part of your team, the four C's. Uh, would you would you kind of expound on that? Because uh, I think something that I personally struggle with and many pastors that struggle with this is uh, that we uh, appoint the wrong people or we, we put the wrong uh, uh, people who are not qualified or called for that particular uh, thing into that field so what are the things that you would personally look for in your team especially even when you hire somebody to work with you or when you uh, get a volunteer to come and be on staff in the church I think one of the things uh, many leaders, mistakes leaders do is that they quickly pick a person, they give a title and uh, they'll make them pastor so and so. I personally through the years have learned giving somebody a title is like setting him in concrete. Once you make somebody a pastor, how can you unpastor him if he's uh, living an immoral life? Uh, you can't unpastor him. For the rest of his life he'll be known as a pastor. So we are actually setting them up for failure. So what I've really, real, if we really love the people, give them responsibilities without titles. Give them, I'd like you to take care of this. And a safe title I thought was, I'd like you to look into this or coordinate this. I'd like you to coordinate that for me. Would you coordinate the ushering team for me? Would you coordinate the, you know, help rostering the admin? Rather than straight away calling them pastor. So, but give them power to do it. But before also, again, depends on which the department is. If it is departments that are representing the character of the ministry, they need to walk with you. They need to walk with you and catch your heart. If I want to pick up a pastor, he needs to walk with me for a few years and, 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 and serve the ministry. And, and I would use him in, to help care cells and I would use him in the office and use him in all these things. But I wouldn't quickly give him a pastor. I think I ordained my pastors as pastors after about four years, four or five years of serving uh, full-time with me in the ministry. They don't do anything different. Uh, it's just that I recognized them in front of everybody, but until then, they were the go-to people. So they had power, they had authority, but they didn't have a title because I didn't want to set them up for failure. Now, why did I do it? Because in yesteryears, I have done it. I've set people up and uh, gave them a title and then, you know, just bro it, just, it just failed them. So I think that's very important. The four C's you said. Now, I learned that from Bill Hybels. Um, um, I think it's from a book called Courageous Leadership or something like that. Uh, um, there are four, they, they call it the three C's, but I think there's one more they added on later on. The three uh, to four C's, let's, let me call it the four C's. Whenever you pick somebody, earlier on in the ministry, you don't have good people coming to you, usually. 
again depends on the city you are if you are in a taiwan city a lot of the talent pool is there in the taiwan city if you are in a village you have only so much talent available if you are in a small city your people transferring from this city to that city all the time so if you in a taiwan city your talent pool is higher your technical know how is higher you the, all those things are higher but if you're in a tie three city maybe the chances you have we were in a tie two three city so our talent pool kept leaving we didn't have them all the time uh, so earlier on we didn't we didn't have many options but as the time went by i realized we could look for these four c's what are they number one the first c we would look for is character does this person have the character to handle the ministry is he going to stick on is he going to live an ungodly life uh, is he going to misrepresent the heart of the ministry is he going to be abusive is he going to be a wife beater is he going to be a, a molester you know many of these things we we have to really look at and how do we look at let them walk with you without giving them a title pray for them teach them teach them along the way i think teaching is so important as they walk with us we must constantly teach them first c is character i'd look for the second c i'd look for is competence i'd look for is he good at that zone that we are trying to get him to fill putting the right person Uh, on the uh, on the wrong seat on the bus is as damaging if somebody who loves to do pastoral care and you put him into accounts you know uh, or somebody who's good at accounts uh, put in pastoral care they may just collapse so getting the right person on the right seat so look for their grace competence are they good at what they do or at least do they have the potential to do if they have the potential then it's our responsibility to train them and in the training period don't call them titles So for me those four years where a pastor worked with me before I made him a pastor was my training period with him. So I recognize that this is the part. So I tell them this is what I see in you. This is the road I see you're going to take and we're going to go into a few years of training. And I love you to walk with me and then one day I believe the Lord wants you to be ordained and and minister. It also gives them the time to really see if we are someone they want to work with because sometimes they they're not sure they want to work with us as the time goes by they realize that we are not uh, we are not competent. We are not healed. We are insecure. And then why would they want to work with an incompetent insecure leadership? Some some of them are a leader on 7 or uh, leadership uh, say you graded on 10 suppose they're a leader of 7 and I am a leader of 5. Why would a 7 want to work with a 5? and so after some time they will serve faithfully but then they will say you know what i feel god's asked me to move on so people come into your life and ministry they come for in three different ways they, some come for a season some come for a project some come for a lifetime and it is your job to really recognize have they come for a project and sometimes a leader of 7 or 8 comes for a project with you helps you serves you and then he has got to move on and don't throw in a tantrum i mean like he came bless god he's going bless god uh if uh, some come for a season they come for two three years and then they feel god's moving them to another city some come for a lifetime so you really need to know as a leader who's coming for a season for a project and treat them accordingly honor them i mean by which i mean treat them means you know, because they come for a short time don't treat them badly treat everybody with honor treat everybody equally so second thing i would look for is competence if they have potential and they are not trained train them because they have they can have competence the third c you look for is chemistry and i'm very high on all these three of them chemistry i do not want anybody on my team who's got bad chemistry they say if you have got a bad chemistry what really happens is that you give a job to get done they start from point a they go to point b but between point a and point b uh, of this one they leave a trail of casualties on the way they hurt people uh, you know they they maybe the church services go happily maybe uh, you know they're head of the ushering team but all the ushers are hurt with them now but everything is going well but the ushers are hurt with them so you cannot afford to have bad chemistry you need somebody who can be kind to people who can be decisive who can be so you look for somebody with chemistry and the fourth thing you look for is somebody with culture 
somebody who catches the heart of your ministry the culture of your ministry it's so important because many people can come from other ministries and they can say you know what uh, uh, in that place it was like that like that is like this. it's not like that here and i don't know why i don't even know why i'm here so they can bring in bad culture so you need to constantly impart culture but i want people who catch my heart and the culture of the ministry those are the people that really need to work with us for us as a ministry we are high on honor we are high on love we are high on uh, you know we want to push for excellence we are high on hard work we are high on uh, loving our wives and children uh, family being a good godly family man we are high on you know, serving the community we are high on all these things and and if somebody who comes in who's high on i want the crowds to come in and i want the brand to be built and my name I want to be this famous evangelist pastor Uh, you know on on and uh, building his own name that's not the culture of our church so if somebody like that comes they will not fit into our church because in our church we don't have the culture of superstars we don't build superstars in our church it's a family culture so if they don't fit into that culture they cannot be on your team on a leadership team so these are the four C's that uh, i actually look for when we pick people we look at what is the office they're going to work for or what is the team they're going to work for do they have the four C's or can i build into them some of these things but uh or are they willing to be teachable so are they faithful available and teachable if they are we call them fat people faithful available and teachable if they are uh if they do that yeah it'll be great thank you so much pastor one last question before we finish i think um every ministry that starts up uh, there is a big challenge of finances you know and and especially if it's a church startup because where there is a continual need for finances with with regards to uh let's say renting a place or buying equipments or uh, planning towards future investment into a property now god has been god has like really given you the wisdom in that one area with with the way god helped you with the church back home uh, and you know how you depended on god for that could you give a word of advice for young ministers and how to manage church finances especially in the early stages of uh, the church ministry see if you were to get on a plane with me if i asked you to get on the plane with me the first thing you wanted to know is uh, do i know have i been trained to fly most pastors are trying to fly a plane without having been in the cockpit even once in their life so i think people don't understand that the church ministry also can be trained for well including budgeting accounts financing and all of that If you're starting a church ministry or if it's a startup my advice is please don't take a fancy hall spending a lot of money and and buy fancy equipment you don't have the money for start with your guitar in the living room of your home and 4 5 10 15 people come and let them come in with your pastoral care they will stay with you you won't have the best music you want but your pastoral care just the fact that you care for them you love them just the fact that you're adding value to them see you may not have the money to buy the equipment but if you have the stuff inside of you to build them to be men and women of god they will stick with you they will honor you so truly i don't believe you need a lot of money to start a church what you need is a call from god what you need is for you to learn for you to be trained for you to be equipped so learn all you can listen to all you can pray all you can love people all you can and i have seen churches grow this is without exaggeration i've seen churches grow just with pastoral care with just their care cells and you know of course there is training and teaching and all of that but just with pastoral care so don't worry too much about money if you don't have money to live through your month i suggest you take up a job or you work under a ministry that's willing to uh, fund your 
uh, initial salary. Um, I think God has not called any of us to be independent. I think we're all interdependent. It's great to be part of a ministry that's already established because they have systems and structures in place that they will train you, teach you, tell you things to do. It just becomes so much more easier. Well, for many other people, it's not that easy uh, because uh, when you start up fresh, most pastors don't have systems and structures. They don't know how to. Then I suggest you go on, get mentored by a pastor um, uh, to to be spiritually under somebody's covering, because um, if they they can tell you the wisdom of the years, not just that. I think it's it's powerful to be under spiritual covering. A lot of people that are insecure, they hate spiritual covering. They have a gift. They want to flaunt the gift rather than become part of a family. So I think it's always safer to be part of a family. But if you, God has called you to be in a new place, there is nobody to help you there, and there's nobody to give you spiritual covering at that point. I still would think, you know, start with what you know, start in the living room, start with that guitar, pick up skills. My wife, she didn't know to play the guitar or the keyboard. And so one day she was, she could sing, she was leading worship. One day she told her worship team, she said, I want every singer on this team to start picking up an instrument. They went back and started picking up an instrument. Now some of them are playing on the team. So, so if you don't have the skill to play, you learn to play, learn to learn to collect skill. You know, pick up that guitar, pick up the keyboard, pick up you know that little thing, and uh, practice it and work hard and and add that skill. You add skill, add knowledge, uh, and if you're the only one as a shepherd, you know, by the time you start a church, if you picked up a guitar or if somebody in your family's picked it up, great. And guitar is easy; you can carry it around. You don't need electricity; it can all work uh, very very easily. So don't do not bad budget you know don't spend money you don't have to do a, a church program that you're trying to imitate somebody please don't build a church to try to impress your dead father you, you know when you were a kid your father said what are you good for and now you now you're older you're 40 years old and now you're still emotionally struggling you're trying to prove to your father and prove to the world that you can do some famous things you will really mess it up and mess a lot of people so i've read about pastors who have built big budget churches uh with uh, because of wounds in their heart and left the congregation in real bad debt trying to prove to somebody that you know when we were building a facility we had this wonderful plan of a multi-story building but I had to restrict myself to build uh, just that one uh, just that one floor to start with because I did not want to get into bad investments I really really didn't want to do that so I think that was the wisdom of you know what we did. Amen. Pastor, there's so much more we can talk on, but uh, their time restricts us. Uh, would you just say a word of prayer for our listeners? Sure. Father, I just want to thank you for all these wonderful people that are listening. Thank you for their heart for God. Thank you for the heart for ministry. I want to pray right now in Jesus' name. Stir the gift that is inside of them, whatever the gift. If it is pastoral, Lord, stir that. If it is teaching, stir that. If it is serving, stir that. If it is leadership, stir that. Lord, stir the gift, Lord, the prophetic, the, 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 the way they can serve, encouragement, serve that. Mercy ministry, stir that, Lord. Stir in such a way they will be used by God. Thank you. Pour into their lives. Fill them with your love. Make them secure in your love that they have nothing to lose, nothing to prove to anybody. But just to follow the voice of God, finish the work, we can all go home. In Jesus' name, amen. Pastor, what's the best way for people to connect with you on Facebook or, or online? What's the best way that they can reach you? Uh, you can get me on my Facebook. My Facebook is uh, Dr. John Joseph. That's D-R-J-O-H-N-J-O-S-E-P-H at hotmail.com. You can find me on my fan page on, on Facebook. You can get me on Instagram too. Um, and uh, yeah, I think that would be the best way to connect with me. Thank you so much, Pastor. It was an honor to have you on our podcast. And we pray that God will continue to use you for His glory. Amen. Thank, Thank you. you. That's all for this week. As you prepare for a new week ahead, 
May we request your continual prayer and financial support for the ministry here at Bangalore Revival Center and also for our mission work in different and diverse parts of India, Africa and around the world. Every dollar or rupee you contribute will actually make a life-transforming difference to many. Find all the information for making your generous contributions at pastorprajee.com.